0: Okay, quite on the set everybody. Stand by, roll camera, speed, roll sound, speed, market, and cute talent. Hello and welcome to This Week in Production. I'm your host, Art Aldridge, and I'm recording this in Alaska, in Anchorage, at the Lakefront Millennium Hotel the headquarters, the official race headquarters of the Iditarod Sled Dog Race. This has been a busy week. You've heard a little bit of my preparations for this trip and now we're on the eve of the ceremonial start. It's the, the uh, final step before the plunge into 10 days of production hell. Joining me My first guest this evening, the chief operating officer, the Big Kahuna, my friend for 14 years, Mr. Chaz St. George. How are you, Art? I will be better after I have a sip of the Don Julio Reposado Double Cask Buchanan's Edition. Something that was a nice little treat that I found at the liquor store. This afternoon in Anchorage, in Anchorage, because in New York, it's sold out <laughs> just about <laughs> everywhere else it is. So you might recognize the dulcet tones of Mr. Thomas Chartrand. Hello. Hello. And my fourth guest on this podcast, Mr. Christian Slick. Hey, man. How you doing? Good. Now, before we get to Christian, we're going to save you for the end because you've got a special mission here this week, but I'm going to turn to Chaz first and- Chaz, tell me how,
1: because you've been with Iditarod on and off for, for how many years? Well, since uh, December 20, uh, 2004, so uh, a little while. 44 years. 92. 92.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Feels like. So how has video evolved from your time in Iditarod to where it is now? How, like, Tell me
1: the, the evolution of that. Well, that's, that's pretty simple. I, I remember, um, the first time I met you, that was the first real, um, disruption that we had in technology. Uh, we were, we were, we were, you know, three quarter inch, you know, one inch kind of guys. And, and, uh, it was, uh, it was the P two card that really uh, revolutionized our, um, our race. It's the first solid state camera that we ever used. It, um, uh, at that time, uh, we had a massive four gigs of, uh, of data on that on that uh, card. But I think what really got me was was the fact that um, this this revolutionized how we did what we did. It, it changed our workflow.
0: Now that that is how we met through yeah. through Panasonic. So you were aware of the camera. I know you contacted Panasonic. Tell me a little bit about how that went like you saw the camera maybe in a trade and you said oh that seems perfect for us
1: i did i actually um i I, and i had a i had a really good friend that said uh these things are going to revolutionize the entire industry and i I started thinking about it so i thought well let me check it out and then i saw the price tag and i was like in shock but uh, at the same time we thought it would be a great opportunity to um to develop a relationship with Panasonic, and to begin looking at how we could take that into the uh, into the field. And what people need to realize is, when you're out there and you're shooting, uh, it doesn't matter what you're shooting in; it's cold. And uh, typically, uh, when you have a camera, we used to leave our cameras outside, and uh, and and that was you know, and that really burned up batteries. But um, with this camera, solid state. We, didn't, we never had to worry because the minute you turned it on, it was running and we didn't lose frames and we, we got our shots. Everybody came back really excited about it. And I think that was, a, that was a, a really cool story for me. I mean, I loved it.
0: Yeah. It, I mean, it was a great camera. That was the HVX 200. And, right. and the woman who you reached out to right. was Jane Jan Crittenden, yeah. who, who I still call a friend. I don't see her as much now. She's uh, retired and, Travels the world and is having a great, great life. Right. That's great. We're still stuck here working somehow. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, she brought a group of us up here. I, yeah. I told the story in the past, and that's how I have some very long relationships with, with people that I met on that job, including yourself. Yeah. How important is... So this model that I did rod has is a subscription right. model for the video. I mean, how important is that in the scheme of running the
1: race? Well, um, <clears throat> we... We started it in 2006, and that was a that was a tough run because we weren't sure what we were going to get. We were really not sure about our workflow, and so a lot of what we did that year, um, after the fact, made a huge difference. We saw a significant increase in in um, it just in 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 subscribership uh, the, the year later, and we've grown incrementally every year. Um, I think what it what it represents is a, a huge part of how we're able to to raise the revenue we need to raise in order to stage this race it's a huge race it covers a lot of ground and uh, we have a lot of accountabilities especially to our to our sled dogs so to me uh this this was a, an excellent investment in technology and since then you know you look at we're at, we're out uh, this last year i mean i remember in and uh, I think it was 2018 or 2017, uh, you started coming up with a, uh, the 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 264 teradact encoder, and that was a pretty cool uh, innovation. And we were we were literally streaming, you know, under barely under a meg. And then you brought up the 265, and we're we it was smooth sailing after that. We actually had you know real stable you know pictures and and the streams look good and we were in locations where there were, there was nothing, literally nothing Drop down and, and put up the VSAT, And, and the next thing you know, you've got magic. So.
0: I, I think that people probably would be surprised the Iditarod itself as an organization um, head count wise is not very big.
1: No less than 10.
0: And this race, you use a, large volunteer base how many volunteers participate to make this event happen
1: yeah that's that's kind of cool because uh, we're looking at like between 1500 and 1800 volunteers and yeah. these these include vets
0: pilots yeah uh, dog care personnel providers yeah vet checkpoint techs. people
1: yeah. yeah it's crazy and and 60 percent of that that number come from somewhere other than Alaska so they migrate up here for this race every year, and, and they take time off from work, and uh, they love every bit of it.
0: Yeah, that, that was one thing, and I think, Tom, you can probably speak to that, because we've had experiences on the trail with
2: volunteers, and it is a special part of doing this job. Absolutely. The people are so passionate about it. Many of them, like you say, leave their jobs. They take it as a vacation and look forward to it every year. And, and you develop relationships with you know, dog handlers and some of, the, some of the vets that are out there. And it's like, it really is a very close family. It is. And we jump in and jump out and checkpoint to checkpoint, putting up the live cameras, doing interviews, and everyone is just so helpful and cooperative. It's a, it's a really tight family.
1: It is a tight family. And I think it's, it's what makes this um, event and this culture Such a, um, such a really cool, cool culture because it's, it really is about the dogs. And when you look at, you can, you can see all the kids out there playing around in in these remote villages that, that, you know, you gotta, you gotta spend a big chunk of your day just to get from point A to point B. And, and they love all of this to them. This is, um, sort of a, a, a big, huge carnival in a way. The the one thing
0: about this race, I mean, that I love from from my perspective, my job is that I get to try out new technologies. Right. It's not that you guys have an unlimited budget and we get to play with the best gear, the greatest lenses, the biggest cameras. It's more of the newest technology in to do more with less. Right. right. And that included, you know, like you mentioned, the H two sixty five encoders and using GoPros, but it is always a new challenge every year to do more either with the same money or less money. And, and I do enjoy that part of it because you, you do give me a certain amount of autonomy to play with the technology.
1: Well, it's saved. It's, it's, it's actually helped us to be better. So it gave us more channels to reach out to more, more different audiences. I mean, heck we were on Twitch. And I, and and I remember, you know, the people on the, you know, that's a whole younger demographic and they were just, they were gaga over this. So, so it helps us to reach out to other people.
0: So to, you know, recap a little bit, um, Tom and Christian are both here to help support the live streaming. Right. Last year we had two live streaming, what we're calling fly packs, which are basically little Pelican boxes. With a encoder, two of them are Teradek Video Go uh, encoders that do HEVC 265 encoding. One, budget-wise, because we didn't have uh, the resources for a third Video Go, is just a regular video, which is a H264 encoder. But we're using three small cameras. They happen to be P2-based cameras. All of them, yeah. A DVX-200, mm-hmm. a PX-270, and a CX350, which is the newest one of the bunch. They feed the encoder in the kit. You've got some cabling to connect to the broadband connection at your checkpoint. And for the um, for the first time this year, we're going we added a third fly pack. And when I was speaking with Chaz about you know that technology and the position, I turned and thought to myself, Christian would be a great operator for that fly pack. We'd worked on golf jobs together, and I was very impressed with your desire and your ability and your determination just to do the best job that you could. So I said, Christian, would you be interested in working the Iditarod?
3: Yeah, it was uh, it was quite the... Because uh, I knew, you know, working with you for the last couple of years that you did this job. And, you know, it always sat in the back of my brain, but I guess it never really came to What fruition. I mean,
0: what was your impression of the Iditarod from, I mean, had you been aware of the Iditarod before we met?
3: No. Um, you know, I might've heard it in passing, but you know, at max, it was just like a thought. And then once you asked me about it in August, I looked into it a little more and started to learn the history behind it and all that. You were employed full time. Yes.
0: And you left your full time job, not just to do this, but that had a factor in leaving your full time job.
3: So as you know, as one creative to another, and I've spoken with many other people over the course of the last few months, and it seems that, you know, in freelancing and being your own independent, you know, creative and producer, um, that waves come and go, and sometimes they tend to stick around for longer, and having a nine-to-five just kind of seemed to limit the amount of content I could produce for myself and for other companies, including your own, and the out as well. And uh, once I saw this opportunity come on the table, I realized that this is a good place to kind of transition back into... Freelancing as an independent video producer. So, what
0: what were you most concerned about when thinking about taking this position?
3: I would have to say that if if I was actually going to get booked or not, because I knew that if you asked me, I'd say yes. There wasn't going to be anything that stopped me. It was such a wonderful opportunity and experience, and not many other people get to, you know, take part in. And uh, I think the only thing was just if. You know, the resources allowed for me to take part in it.
0: Yeah, and and it was a little bit of like time to figure out whether we could fit the third camera into the budget and and then it got the green light and you were booked and then you needed to start preparing.
3: Yeah, um, mentally, physically, financially. (laughs) I don't think
0: eating more was good preparation.
3: No, it wasn't. Um, (laughs) I remember I started back in like December, like late December starting like physically, because I think you confirmed me around Christmas time um and then from that point forward i was like all right it's time to start training because i wanted to get in a little bit better shape to get up here because i know the conditions can you know as someone who spent a lot of his life in the outdoors doing you know extreme sports and stuff like that i know that this one's going to be like an easy you know run-of-the-mill job your parents were they pleased shocked surprised concerned all of the above you know as a soon to be 27 year old. (laughs) It's kind of, I, I do run things by them, but it's more or less just to let them know what I'm up to. But, um, you know, my mother and, and her fiance are both huge outdoors people. My father, you know, raised me going to the Catskill mountains, going hiking, going snowboarding, skiing. Um, so, you know, being in the outdoors has always been something I've been passionate about. It's where I started my, my, you know, for fun filming was as a snowboard skateboarder, um, you know, video producer on YouTube. And, uh, You know i just they were they were supportive of this from day one that's for sure
0: okay so we're on the eve of deployment for you yes tomorrow we're going to be in anchorage doing uh production and live streaming but sunday you'll be uh sent out into the wild yeah so um what are you what are you looking forward to most what are you concerned about most on sunday
3: you know to be honest i'm looking forward to being kind of immersed and out of touch with everyone um you know, living in New York City, it's kind of the complete 180 of what well, I experience day-to-day. But um, nah, I'm, I'm excited to be, um, you know, working as a camera operator. That's for sure. That's you know, it's my passion. Um, I uh, You know, the only thing on my mind is that, you know, the temperatures have dropped kind of low over the course of the last few weeks. And uh, it's looking to hit. And I know we saw for the first, my first checkpoint was going to be minus 29 Fahrenheit on a Monday night. So. Just, I feel like it's more of a mental preparation. I'm all set on gear, so it's all about being mentally prepared for it.
0: Chaz, what what kind of advice would you give Christian as he's about to embark on a very unique journey for his first time?
1: <clears throat> this this journey is, uh, in in my opinion, you know, as a, as a broadcast journalist, I think it's it's the um, it's the peak of a career. In, and, and I mean that in the best way. It's not like the end of your career, but it's all downhill, it's all from, downhill here. from there. Yeah. <laughs> but, but what it, what it means to me is that, um, you, you really gain a sense of, of being a part of something really special and it's not, it's not special in, in, in one or two ways, but you see things, you, you, um, you, you, you are able to capture them. You internalize that there are, there are some, can I say bad words on this? Is that okay? Not really bad words, but just only three letter words. Okay. I can't do that then. Okay. (laughs) What, what, because you, you did, you, you saw something, you captured it, you went back to look at it and you missed it. And then, and then you realize I can do better. I can do this, but you, you are self-motivating yourself just because of what, what kind of environment you're in. You, uh, you'll be out there with your sticks. Um, no matter what those sticks are going to be a lot colder than your hands and you're you're going to have to set up you're going to have to take those gloves off and you're going to have to to to, to you know get your shot and focus get it framed up and be prepared for it and when when you get all that done and you're you feel kind of numbness on the tip of your fingers it's okay it feels good because you're 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 in the moment you're capturing something that probably Less than zero 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 point one percent will of the people on this planet will ever really be a part of at that level. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, I think that's was, the magic
0: of it.
2: Was
1: Was there advice in there? None, because because I'll tell you, there is no real good advice. I mean, I can tell you about gear and stuff like that, and that's real easy. But when it comes to the creativity, that's that's all you you know, and you're going to make mistakes and you're going to, you're going to learn from them really quickly and you're going to be just fine. I I feel, I feel like you've got a great opportunity here. And from what I heard earlier, it's something you've always, you you you, I think it's something you're, you're preparing for. And that's what makes the difference. You know, you don't want to go out there and shoot out of focus, you know, and, you don't want to go out there and, and look at, look at a subject matter and say, oh, well, I think I got that already and, and walk away. And you want to be in the moment and capture everything you can.
2: Tom, what, what advice would you give Christian? I would say, look at all the panoramas, you know, don't get caught up in where am I headed? What do I have to do? How soon do I have to get set up? Because that stuff is second nature to you, you know, so take, Every moment to, to breathe it in when you're in the air, when you're on the ground, when you meet people, engage, ask stories, because there's just so many different types of cultures all the way up to Nome and just, you know, enjoy it. And, you know, and you got you got the, you got the gear side of it. That's all good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Art, what would you what kind of advice would you give I'm Christian. sorry, Chaz. Is this your podcast? <laughs> I asked the questions. My apologies. You're setting them up for a big one. <laughs> I
0: Christian, what I would say to you is that the work is gonna be mentally and physically numbing. Like it will. There's it's sleep deprived, it's colder than you probably have ever been. At some points you will really question why. I mean, I, I know if for me I question the first year I went on the trail why am I doing this why am I in an outhouse 20 below trying to not you know sit on a frozen pile of you know human waste and you you have to look past that part of it it's hard very hard because what is around you in every checkpoint are unique not only visuals but people that as I think Chaz says, like, you know, less than one percent of the population will ever experience. You will be walking on on ground that very few people have walked on. And just try to take it in. I mean, if you get to see Northern Lights on your first yeah. trip, yeah. you will you'll come back and do this job for free, which is what Chaz is counting on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I am. We'll set those lights up.
3: <laughs> we'll have to talk about this after we wrap. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs>
0: Well, I think this was the first of a few podcasts I'm going to record before we get the crew out of town. I'll do some more podcasts during uh, next week when we have the live stream all going strong. I want to thank you, gentlemen, for participating. Thank you. You You will receive a free This Week in Production t-shirt. Yes. Because you participated. But for those of you at home, if you do submit your story via email or voicemail, which is on the tag of the podcast this week in production at gmail.com. You too can be a possible recipient of this limited edition shirt. It's a nice heavy duty. Hefty pocket beefy. It's yeah, a, a nice beefy tea with a pocket. <laughs> so please <laughs> share. It's all about sharing.
1: it it really is all right it's an amazing it's it's amazing to see you with the microphone in your hand it is
0: on on that note i am going to raise my glass and say cheers to a successful 2020 iditarod cheers you
1: bet cheers any more
0: thank you that was a lot of fun it would be even better if you could add something to the conversation drop me an email at thisweekinproduction at gmail.com. Or even better, call our new TWIP voice mailbox and leave us a message, 601-564-TWIP. That's 601-564-8947. Also, a reminder that This Week in Production is available on all major podcast platforms, including Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play so please subscribe to get every episode. Lastly, if you like what you hear, would you mind giving me a rating or a review? I'd appreciate that. Okay, that's a wrap on this week in production. Thanks for listening.